Sometimes inspiration can be hard to find, but when inspiration is the way that you make your living, that search for excitement can mean the difference between keeping yourself healthy and happy or living out on the street without a roof over your head. It's hard out here for a writer, especially one whose publishing house is breathing down their neck, calling every other day for an update on the next great American novel. I suppose there are worse places to be than the position I'm in. Much worse. And, after a very successful debut book about the inner workings of the motorcycle industry, I've had it easy coasting off of my advance for the last year. Now, however, the men in suits want me to repeat myself, to make lightning strike twice, and that kind of power is not something that every author can just wield at will. I had my whole life to write my first novel, and now suddenly I've got a year to write the second. Based on the advice of a few of my other published friends, I decided to get out of town for a bit in an attempt to drum up inspiration. My first book was seen as a love letter to American innovation, written from the back of a rumbling motorbike that crisscrossed over state lines, leaving trails of blood, sweat, and tears. It's a good book, but the critics are being generous, especially because much of what I wrote in that massive tone I still have never actually seen for myself. Instead, the scenes that feature amber waves of grain and soaring bald eagles were crafted entirely from the depths of my own imagination, and I was lucky enough to get them right. But, like I said, lightning doesn't strike twice, and I need a way to recharge my perception of this great country. My first thought, obviously, was to take a road trip from coast to coast, starting in my hometown of San Francisco, California, and riding all the way to New York City, chronicling my adventures in between. The problem, however, is that I have a deadline to meet, and riding while driving is not something that I'm all that comfortable with. It's not long before a solution hits me in a stroke of brilliance, however, and soon enough I'm buying a solo cross-country train ticket for the journey of a lifetime. Traveling by rails is perfect. From the window of my cabin on board, I'll have an upfront view of the entire gamut of American landscapes, from the coast to the lonesome desert of the Midwest to the towering city skylines of Chicago. All aboard, I hear the contractor call as I arrange my things, my laptop positioned squarely on my cabin desk and facing to look out from my small but incredibly useful picture window. I boot up the computer and lean back into my chair, trying my best to clear my thoughts and prepare my brain for the onslaught of new adventure that is sure to be headed its way. I'm positioned in exactly the right place to receive all the inspiration I need. I just need to make sure that I'm open to it when it actually arrives. Right then and there, I make a promise to myself. Whatever happens on this trip, no matter how strange and unexpected, no matter how much it pushes my boundaries, I'm going to answer with a resounding yes. The train begins to pull away from the station slowly, the skyline of San Francisco creeping away from me gradually until it disappears into a wall of trees and lush forest, my first few steps into the great outdoors. Eventually, the trip becomes something of a blur. Not because it's an incredible whirlwind of new and exciting experience, but because the entire thing is so goddamn monotonous that I can't tell anything apart. That's one thing they don't tell you when you set up by rail to write the great American novel. You're going to be stopping along the way. A lot. I swear, the second I begin to get in any sort of flow, zoning out peacefully while my fingers fly across the keyboard and the beautiful scenery was by, the train stops. As a writer, it's more than a little frustrating, but I'll also admit, as a smoker, it's a bit of a relief. With every stop, I climb out onto the streets of the city and light up for a few minutes, looking around at the people loading and unloading from a strange little community on wheels. Usually, the train station has been built in a part of town that doesn't quite present the best version of whatever city we're stopping in, so I concentrate on the little things. The way that the people greet each other when returning home, the similarities between coffee shops from one town to the next, the aggressiveness of the local rodents searching for food scraps on the station floor. 
Being a writer has given me a keen eye for observation, and it's that eye that eventually brings me to notice the fact that the motorcycle riders of each and every city seem to be riding exactly the same bikes no matter where we go. An untrained observer would probably end things there, assuming that whatever brand is parked right outside the train station must be the most popular thing on the road right now. But after working on my first novel, I know the differences between bikes like I know the faces of my own mother and father. <laughs>